Here the old gods are dead. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Hey, yo, this is a creepy wee podcast. I'm Rebecca with Liam. Ciao, Bella. <laughs> Where have you been, Liam? Oh, wow. So, coincidentally, <laughs> I've actually been in Italy, in Torino. For... Did you know Eurovision was there this year? I didn't know until I was there. Then Narius was like, Eurovision was here this year. And I was like, oh. I knew work. it was in Italy, but I didn't think it was in Torino. I know. You Me not pick... paying attention. You think they pick somewhere like bigger where there was the like nine pound flights gone <laughs> <laughs> me on my Ryanair bullshit <laughs> I thought the plane was broken I've never been on a Ryanair flight before like I've been on EasyJet and stuff like equivalents mm-hmm. but I didn't realize how noisy they were and I was like we're going down we're going down it's <laughs> happening um oh happy pride month hi gay oh 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 on the note of being in Italy on the note of being in Italy um Speaking of insufferable groups, <laughs> um, there was this guy who, like, on the way back, was like just walking down the aisle. The, the fasten seatbelt sign was on. Him and this woman who was like doing like lunges down the aisle. I was so confused. And they were supposed to be sitting beside each other. But then he went to talk to these guys at the front of the plane, and I thought they were friends. But then mm. you know that way Scottish men like bully people by being friendly with them. My dad. Yeah. Me. Yeah. are <laughs> like, oh, yeah. And then what happened? That kind of bullying. But he was so drunk. And I was like, it's kind of his own fault. He reminded me of my sister's ex-boyfriend. He was really annoying. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the Fast and People time was on. We were hitting turbulence. And he was like shaking his vodka coke around. And I was like, maybe this is a sign to stop drinking, babe. <laughs> maybe this is a sign to return to your seat. Yeah. We touched down. We touched down. And he's right behind me in the queue to go through customs. And I was like, okay work and he kept saying the most like npc phrases like you know when drunk people start saying like well faster in italy blah, blah, blah. and like he was like sort of like every time i moved my head he was like swaying into my periphery like he wanted me to engage and i was like oh time to look over here <laughs> and i was like do i pretend i'm italian and cannot speak to him <laughs> like it, yes. it, it would be worth it at this point anyway um that was that was not ideal. But the rest of the holiday was fun. I would recommend it. 
Yeah, I would like to go to Italy. I've not been. Tenant Super is the drink of choice in Italy. Yeah. I've heard from multiple sources that Tenant Super, because it's the booziest and the cheapest beer, and they sell it in glass bottles. Like here, Tenant Super's like yeah. nasty and it's in tins, and I do really like Tenant It was tenants. so good. It was. It tasted like gasoline, but it was so good. Bet. <laughs> <laughs> Bet. Tenant Super's like gasoline. I had a bottle of Super Tea and a box of one euro 80 red wine <laughs> oh hi was... mind you were texting me and you were like i'm floating on red wine i was like love <laughs> i was like you're right because liam doesn't actually drink that much <laughs> wine's different though when i was in france i can't even remember being in france because it was like so hot and we were just drinking like the cheapest boxes and bottles of wine so hot oh it's like drugs yeah it genuinely is well babe <laughs> well it is a drug, <laughs> it is a drug. <laughs> well um, uh, actually, Ellen. I'm denying <laughs> no to be fair to be fair I actually stayed in this weekend <gasps> it, so it was hot this weekend in Scotland Yeah, my I don't know if anybody out with Scotland actually listens to this podcast but I I texted him and I was like oh my god it's sunny I'm no doing fuck all I'm out to get burnt <laughs> And service me right because I can did. no longer, I can, I, and I did, and I can no longer sit properly because the backs of my legs, and I've got like really sensitive Scots Irish skin, and uh, the backs of my legs are like inflamed for the sunburn that I've got, like straight melanoma, and it's what I deserve. But I feel it is, and every year I do this, and I'm like, oh, I'll just get like a wee bit of colour about me, it'll be fine. And, like, and then you by, have like, a new mole. <laughs> I, I, a new mole in red skin. And by a wee bit of colour, I'm like fully expecting me to develop a tan and it's just like bright red, unattractive. <laughs> oh, I've seen everything everywhere all at once. Don't say anything, I'm seeing it tomorrow. I'm not going to say, well, the rock scene. If anybody's seen it, like, agree that it's the best film you've ever seen. I can't like I can't wait to like hear your thoughts on it, but like genuinely, I was like, whoa! I was like, no, I've never seen a better film in the cinema, and I kind of say that about every film I go to see in the cinema. But I, this, this is it. <laughs> Did you see Jamie Lee Curtis on Instagram just slagging Doctor Strange: The Multiverse of Madness? And was like, well, it's not the best multiverse film out right now. <laughs> I, I didn't think Jamie Lee Curtis was in it. I didn't think anything about it. And then like the first scene that she's in, I was like, is that? Jamie Lee Curtis and was sat for it took me like five minutes to decipher if it actually was her or not and then like she properly speaks in their Jamie Lee Curtis accent and I was like yep uh, that's it was amazing the dad in it is data for the Goonies and like short round for the Indiana Jones films and he's Shut not been in him in decades and he the came child actor with, disappeared I and I was like I really recognize him and then he starts like waving a bit like a belt and I was like that's data <laughs> he did um how's your pride month been so far okay this is the this is the gayest thing that I've done. <laughs> this, <laughs> this pride month what did i have i watched anything gay have i watched any content i actually haven't i've just been re-watching the x-files which i suppose is a perfect way to, re- to celebrate yeah bisexual culture is like loving the x-files yeah happy pride month to all who celebrate watch the x-files i've had a gutted rotted pride month so far because my first day back at work from my holiday glamazon by rupaul comes on the work <laughs> playlist and i i'm not kidding one of my colleagues came up to me and said 
Happy Pride Month. Now, to me, that's targeted harassment. <laughs> is it like a, is it like radio that plays? What company? What, what, or like, oh, is it blank radio that plays? I'll I'll bleep that. Yeah. Um, no, there's always, there's a little gay boy that runs this account because even when it's not Pride Month, I'm like, whatever song has been the Drag Race lip sync that week on the playlist <laughs> it's like that in asda's anytime i walk into the asda's where i live like it's always kylie minogue that plays as i walk in and i'm like clearly this isn't just for me like it must be like a wee gay boy that's doing asda radio and for the very popular chicken restaurant that i used to work for obviously they just <laughs> put music, music oh wait i've already doxed myself i used to work in nando's uh, <laughs> with holly <laughs> and uh, they only play portuguese music and i mind one night i was in the toilet like cleaning the toilets i wasn't just skiving and um the music plays really loudly in the toilets and uh, i was just like wiping the mirrors or something and uh like portuguese slash south african fusion music cover of Lies La Bonita by Madonna <laughs> and it was the best thing I've ever heard like I find it anywhere but I was like is this Madonna <laughs> and I was like clearly this was made just for me <laughs> you were like yes and you shook your maracas I was that, that would that sounds like a coming close to heaven moment I can't lie did you ever find the song did you find the no cover? I can't I can't find it but I was like dancing like Scarlett Johansson and Marriage Story, can I? In the toilets by myself. Very good toilets. Aye, that. <laughs> Very good toilets to be hungover in, I will say. In the Nando's toilets, because they're the cubicles that have got like full walls and you lock the door and it's like you're in your Amy room. So whenever I was hungover, I'd like go in and like lean against like the cold wall and just die in there. And Being everything's like, embarrassing. <laughs> just like yeah, just... living your life. Uh, one time I had really bad alcohol poisoning on a shift in Nando's and I was like, no, you just have to let me go here. <laughs> then what I had drank the night before, four Coronas, and it was basically five hours and I got alcohol poisoning. <laughs> Maybe you're just like allergic to gluten. So um, anyways, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I am. I know I am. But like, anyways, so this is our 20th episode. Oh, happy 20 happy 20 wait do we have a spooky hole oh shit i will say on the topic of last week's spooky hole while i was doing reading for this episode which is about scottish um folklore and customs part Mm -hmm. two electric boogaloo i found out that you know how the big cat thing is like a thing in scotland so like Mm -hmm. the earliest recorded like big black cat in scotland is 1930 but like verbal tales go back to the 1700s so this is just a persistent folklorish creature love i wonder yeah. if we've got i've got a book Catherine briggs encyclopedia of fairies and goblins and whatnot <laughs> she's got like every single fairy creature ever possible so like i wonder if she's got big black cats there's a fairy called the cat sia which is like a there's the kusia as well which is a dog version of it but they're like a cat that steals children to the fairy realm very relevant to this Catherine episode. briggs have fucking nothing on me Catherine briggs has fucking no- i know this shit okay, myself get a big deal then get a big deal <laughs> Do it. get us a big deal but like liam says we're doing scottish customs and superstitions part two because it's our 20th episode and our favorite episode or my favorite episode don't know if it's, it's yours my favorite but, episode as well. but episode three how the mighty fall because we're having to crawl back to our third episode to get more content <laughs> Imagine no Dana get enough episodes since episode three. <laughs> <laughs> I 
for I yourself mean, though other people have had like favorite episodes since then that they've told me about and i'm like right well it's not episode three though is it someone Isn't said it? our last episode was their favorite like best one today one of my friends was like this is my favorite one and i was like <laughs> okay <laughs> we spoke about kelpies for literally 15 minutes <laughs> There just isn't enough content. Anyway, <laughs> since we've been blithering for like 15 minutes, um, we'll take a wee break and then we'll come back and we'll tell you about some folklore surrounding some plants and fairies and stuff and we swear it's good. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Liam Nielsen uh, has arrived in a ball gown to the next (laughs) part of this episode. We're recording this as we wait for to see if Boris Johnson's getting a vote of no confidence or no. And Theresa May apparently turned up in a ball gown (laughs) to to the no, vote no confidence. Theresa V. May. <laughs> <laughs> right. She said it's Pride Month, I'm going camp. <laughs> um, I thought I'd start off with a uh, spookier custom. And this one is something that we might have all heard about before, and it's changelings. So it's a child that's been kidnapped by the Fae and then has swapped it for a double. Fairies kidnapping human children is one of the oldest parts of fairy beliefs and is a specific form of fairy theft. So, <laughs> very much fairy theft. Me there's when I go section, to paper chase. <laughs> there's a whole section, me, there's a whole section in the book on fairy theft and it's like them, like, kind of, it'll be like Bruni's, like, Nick and stuff, warehouse and that, and then, like, the rest of it's, like, kidnapping your children and your animals. It's kind of like Rumpelstiltskin, how he steals or wants to steal that bitch's baby. And by that bitch, I mean Miss Piggy. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone watch watch the Muppets fairy tales. It is so, good. 
it, it is up. really good. So mentions of Fifty Babies by the Fair are found in medieval Elizabethan Jacobean records and right up to the beginning of the 20th century. Fairies would typically steal unchristened children because they are not given proper protection for fairies and mm-hmm. devils and stuff. And they would take them right out of the cradle and then, as I say, leave a substitute in its place. And changelings could be in various kinds. So sometimes it was made out of wood that had been roughly whittled into a childlike shape and endowed by a glamour spell to give the temporary appearance of life. This is called a stock, like wood stock. As the glamour spell wore off, it would give the appearance of death, and then the wood baby would be buried. So it's my assumption is, is that the glamour spell is like something only the parents can see. Yeah. And then when it fades away, it doesn't look like wood. It looks like a dead baby. Changelings are quite horrible, actually. <laughs> The stock method was usually used when fairies had plots against the mother as well as the child. More often, the changeling would be an ancient, withered fairy of no more use to the fairy tribe and would be willingly led to an easy life being cherished, fed, and carried around by its anxious foster mother. <laughs> like, the, the, the fairies would be like, culture. they would be like, right, you're old and you're a nuisance. So we're going to go kidnap a baby, put you in its place, and then you'll get taken care of it. And the fairy would be like, sound. <laughs> like, sounds good to me. I'll go the Spanish that. government actually modelled everything off of the fairies. <laughs> <laughs> so did the UK government, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> There's a good example, though, of a stock being used in a folktale in Shetland. The wife of a Shetland crofter had just given birth to her first child, and as her husband was folding his lambs in the field, he heard three loud knocks coming from the underground. He closed the gates and walked through the cornyard, and as he came through the stacks, he heard a loud voice say three times, Mind the crooked finger. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> and it, his wife had her crooked finger. <laughs> so he had a hunch that the Grey Neighbours which is a fane, uh, name for the fae in Shetland, were planning a, an attack on his wife and his newborn baby. So the man knew what to do, and he quickly went to the house, lit a candle, took a knife and a Bible and opened it. And as he did that, he heard a loud wailing break out in the byre, which is another word for cow shed, yeah. which was built up against his house. So he sticks the knife between his front teeth, so the blade's pointing out, out his mouth for some reason. Because there's, and then he held the candle in one hand and the open Bible in the other and ran towards the buyer, uh, followed by his actual neighbors, no, the great neighbors, his actual neighbors who were visiting his wife. So there's a crowd there, they're all watching this happen. So he flings it on the buyer door, knife in mouth, candle in hand, Bible in hand. He throws the Bible inside, and as he does that, the screaming inside the buyer gets louder, and with a great rush, a crowd of fairies speed past him. He doesn't like say any verses for the Bible, he just throws the Bible at them and then they boost. And the light as well just makes them want to run. So they like leave behind a wooden stock which was carved feature by feature and joint by joint in the form of his wife. He lifted it up and carried it into the house and said, I've won this from the grey neighbours and I'll make it serve my turn. And for years afterwards, he used the image of his wife as a chopping block. <laughs> <laughs> And his wife was never harmed by the fairies again. <laughs> Not a chopping block. So obviously this story is not a changeling. Like the fairies didn't want to create a changeling of their baby. They wanted the wife. So yeah. if 
adults were successfully swapped out for wood carvings of themselves, they would appear to be suffering for a stroke. That's what normal people would see. So they would be stiff and rigid. So I, it feels like this piece of folklore is like trying to explain like what strokes look like before we knew what like actual strokes were. <laughs> Like, like it's the fairy did it. The fairy did it. The fairy did it. Aye, but adults were only ever stolen for a quality that they possessed. So this man's wife must have been talented in some sort of way. Or pretty. And yeah, or pretty. So I that's when children are stole, stolen by fairies. It's either to pay a debt to the devil or to reinforce mm. the fairy stock, or it's for their beauty. And that could be said for adults as well. But that that kind of sums up changelings. We might do them in like another episode in more detail. But what's your what's your next custom or superstition, Liam? Okay, so I'm going to talk about chatting birds because I love them. I just love <laughs> me. What do you mean? Growing up as soon as you mention yourself, exactly. <laughs> I'm actually editing that. Out. <laughs> okay. So in Celtic mythology, specifically within Scottish folklore, birds play a central role in many aspects of animal worship. Like totems and stuff are very big in Celtic folklore as well. Um, It was believed widely that many birds, specifically chats, such as the robin or the stone chat, acted as messengers from other worlds, be that the fairy realm or the afterlife, aka the other world. Trickling down from these ancient beliefs, we can still see Celtic impact on some of modern folklore and beliefs we still have. So as I mentioned, robins, which are chats, meaning they're small songbirds with fine bills and slender legs. The robin is an iconic image with its fawn-coloured back and bright red breast. I was going to say blood orange, but then I remembered, like, you know that episode oh of Project God, Runway. Runway. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking blood orange, it's red. <laughs> Stop being so pretentious. <laughs> but it, it is blood orange, but we don't want to talk about that. <laughs> just, just say red. Just say red. <laughs> Me when someone asks what the best Taylor Swift album is. Just say red. I feel like that was a Tumblr. <laughs> I feel like I just... That was it. just a whole section of Tumblr part of there. <laughs> <clears throat> anyway, in contemporary culture, robins are associated with Christmas, often appearing on cards, wrapping paper. Um, but it is common belief in Scottish culture, likely as a spawn of like old Celtic culture. These birds are messages from loved ones who have passed on. Often you will hear the phrase, when a robin appears, a loved one is near, or something to that description. This allows many people to take comfort that the bird is sent from a dead loved one to tell you that they're watching over you. I fully believe that. Yeah. I do that all the time. And it's very nice, like, because at wintertime, you know, people who don't have a lot of family are very sad. And you see a lot of robins. It's a very nice thing to take solace in. One of my mum's friends who recently passed away got, because she knew she was ill, um, she got everybody who was a pallbearer at her funeral, she got them little robin pins and she got her granddaughters them as well and her granddaughter's a friend of mine as well and my mum still wears her wee pin for Meg and every time I see a robin I'm just like, oh, it must be her. <laughs> it was so nice, it was a nice service and but it was it was so cute, everybody was wearing their wee robin pins for her. Because she, she was a very, very, very spiritual woman, and she crying. really believed in that. No, I know you were talking about robins, and I'm sorry. <laughs> this is a sad episode, okay, guys? We're talking about <laughs> kidnapped babies and dead people. Um, yeah. So on the other hand, there are stone chats, 
which take residency ubiquitously throughout Scotland. These birds are easily identifiable where the males have a jet black back and a red breast. Um, and they actually like look like if you showed a child a picture of a robin and said, make a cool like <laughs> like dark evil version of this like they look like that's a gothy robin <laughs> it's like shadow and sonic the hedgehog or like you know in like scott pilgrim versus the world where he has to fight like nega scott at the end <laughs> very that very that and it's quite fitting how they look like balanced counterparts because in scottish folklore these birds have been tied to the devil Ooh. and it is believed that chattering birds of these kind use their call to communicate with the devil and help him like undergo his ungodly tasks on earth um, How many servants it, does this cunt need? Literally, like, like we we've already spoke about several. I know. And I'm about like, to mention a flower that is, <laughs> like, <laughs> like every and we te- we were texting each other earlier, and I was like, "You said something about the devil," and I was like, "Scottish folklore really does love to attribute everything." devils satanic panic was happening in scotland way before it was happening everywhere else oh yeah it hit us early it is believed in scottish folklore that disrupting the nest of these birds can be disastrous for the perpetrator as is highlighted in a scottish rhyme which i'm gonna get becca to read because it's a different dialect of scots to what i can speak (laughs) let's hope that i can say it (laughs) stan chak devil tack the wahari my nest will never rest we'll meet the pest Deal brack, the lang back, warm my eggs, wad tack tack. Which I love because basically it's saying like the devil's gonna devil's gonna get you. Devil's <laughs> gonna get you. <laughs> um, yeah, so like disrupting their nest means they'll call the devil and get him to break your back, basically. Um love. and I like that there's just elements of language. The onomatopoeia at the end, like the wad tack tack is the the call, their call. That's the noise they make. So that's kind of pussy slay. <laughs> <laughs> there's actually other lore that says that like if a, a stone chat leaves its nest a toad will come and sit on its eggs and hatch them kind of like you know that episode of the simpsons. <laughs> shut up shut up <laughs> you know that episode of the simpsons but it's like the opposite way around where the bird is sitting in the lizard nest bury that that's such an obscure reference to the simpsons <laughs> I can Ten seg- points if anybody can tell us what episode that is without googling it. <laughs> um, some say the orange mark on the chest of the stone chat is blood from the devil that it carries around with it everywhere. So beware interfering with these birds. That's that on that. That's that on that. Well, following along like a similar naturey vein, I thought I'd talk about gorse. So gorse is the yellow bushy sweet smelling plant that you'll often find on hills and farmland uh, in my experience it kind of smells like coconut it's like quite I, a I sweet agree. smell because it used to be like everywhere around the farms where i grew up so officially it's called gorse but generally generally in scotland it's known as win win is also the 17th letter of the ancient celtic alphabet oh i didn't know that Slay. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even know there was a Celtic alphabet. So. <laughs> in Argyll and elsewhere, Wynn is associated with Caliac or the goddess of winter. To refresh your memories, on the spring equinox of Beltana, Caliac turns to stone to make way for the spring and summer. And before she does this, she throws her mountain making staff or hammer and she throws it underneath a gorse bush to keep it safe. 
because if it's under a gorse bush, as I'll get on to explain it, it'll definitely be covered. Yeah. Like there's there's no getting rid of gorse. I once crawled through a gorse bush and I had like scars all up my arms. I I fell into one. It's not very. It's quite a. It's not like prickly or spiky. It's just really tightly wound. Yeah. Um, no, there is wee pricks on it on the flowers. <laughs> um, anyway, <laughs> wee pricks me. Wee pricks, yeah. <laughs> uh, but when she wakes up on seven, because it's been underneath the gorse bush, she just clicks it right back up and then winter begins again. Gorse is a fast-growing member of the pea family. Uh, as I say, it has sweet-smelling bright yellow flowers. And oh. in Celtic mythology, gorse was thought to provide protection against misfortune and is associated with resilience, optimism, sun, light and fire. Sun and light because it's it's quite a, it's obviously bright yellow, but it grows, it travels towards the sun when it grows, like mace plants. But it's yeah. quite ferocious when it grows. It's associated with fire though because the gorse bush is uh, the wood on it is soaked in natural oils, meaning that it's very highly flammable and it burns at a high temperature, much more like coal rather than like other woods that burn at like lower temperatures. Gorse was highly valued during the festival they built on a for the intense fire it creates when burnt. So it's typical for during if you ever go to a built on a festival or built in, depending on your persuasion, <laughs> uh, they'll typically have big bonfires made of gorse bushes. Because gorse is a seeker of sunlight and warmth, when it's destroyed either by man or nature, gorse is quick to grow back. It can grow up to three metres tall, completely filling out a hillside or an open field within only a few years. And if covered, gorse will spread and move because it forever chases the sun. Yeah. So because of this, it's associated with resilience in Scotland and Ireland. And I think there's a thing in Irish folklore that people would either pin the gorse flowers or gorse twigs onto their chest on their clothes uh, so that they would be protected that's that on gorse i do have another flower to talk about but liam do you want to go with your next custom yeah speaking of flowers white heather is what i'm going to be talking about as far as scottish plants go heather is probably like the most popular bar the thistle like it's the most yes iconic if you will will you go lassie go etc yeah exactly um typically when you think of scottish heather you're likely to think of like the purple variant which if you've ever taken a train to the highlands in early summer or early autumn when it's known to bloom you'll be very familiar with because it just encapsulates the whole hillside so interspersed between the standard purple variety of heather in scotland it's not unheard of to come across a white heather plant now and again and the white heather plays a significant part in scottish folklore much like the four-leaf clover of ireland the scottish white heather is associated with good luck this plant is said to protect whoever possesses a sprig of it queen victoria was even aware of this element of scottish folklore and in fact it has been said that she was a big fan of like scottish traditions like she was like oh these uncivilized plebs are so cute with their <laughs> silly little witch stuff oh let's gentrify <laughs> balmoralism <laughs> <laughs> yeah so once she saw one of her servants who was like she was familiar with he was like always on hand with her i don't know um but he jumped out of their carriage um to pick a piece of white heather and she actually wrote as no Highlander would pass by without picking it, for it was considered to bring good luck. 
which led to the belief becoming more popular in areas outside of Scotland as well. So people elsewhere might have heard of this too. Can't criticise her for that. Exactly. She's so right for that. She is. Even a broken clock is right twice a day. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so as I said, similar to the four-leaf clover, it's probably likely that white heather became like, got this like myth of luck about it because it's so rare compared to like its more common variant. There's also a lore behind it that says like heather grows wherever blood was spilt in clan warfare and white heather only grows where there was no blood. So it's very lucky because no one died there. Very little blood spilled in the Highlands then. (laughs) I wonder why. It is still custom for wedding parties to don like white heather as part of like a groom's um a groom's boutonniere, is that what it's called, on the lapel. So like it's very common for that for like good luck for how it goes and the bride will often have it in her bouquet in Scottish weddings. Well, We'd be remiss. <laughs> That's my favourite thing to say or hear podcasters say is like, we'd, we'd be, be remiss, remiss. <laughs> if we didn't mention thistles. We so, would not be doing a good job if we did not tell you this. Underpaid about, um, liberal arts teacher. <laughs> <laughs> I would be absolutely remiss. <laughs> well, I would be absolutely remiss. If I didn't tell you about thistles. So all my research for this wee bit comes from a book called The Language of Flowers by Mandy Kirby. It's a really, really good book. It tells you about, like, so it's a collection of plants. Each plant's got, like, a meaning behind it. Kind of like if if you were doing, like, a, a, a funeral, you would use lilies because it represents, like, mourning or, yeah. um, like, purple hyacinths represent forgiveness, etc. Like, so if you fell out with, like, your partner, you would give them a purple hyacinth to be like, oh, my, please forgive me, please forgive me. So that's the language of flowers. Everybody got it? Good. So, <laughs> so in this book, thistles represent misanthropy, which is a dislike for humankind. So there's very little that's inviting about a thistle. Its leaves are coarse and prickly, and if they brush it against you, you risk getting a cut or a graze. And yeah. if you step on one barefoot, it would be unbearable, I, I have imagine. done this. I have done this, have and you? it is. Did you have to pick the wee spiky zoot? I didn't really get stuck, but the whole thing was kind of like, crunched into your foot. Yeah, this was like at like a summer wedding, and they had it in like some estate thing and I was like that's what you get for taking your shoes off you think I was like seven <laughs> years old I was yep. running in I the said field what of, I said <laughs> I was running in the field of week. okay so <laughs> you're gonna talk to me about decorum right now <laughs> let go <laughs> so the purple flower head of thistles is it has like a sweet fragrance and it's much loved by butterflies and bees but it is guarded as we said by a cup if your spikes the thistle clearly has grown in a way that discourages grazing animals from eating it. Allowed to grow freely, the thistle is hard to eradicate, and if it's cut, it'll grow back stronger. When Adam and Eve were expelled from Eden, God said to Adam, Cursed is the ground for thy sake, and sorrow shalt thou eat of all thy days of thy life. Thorns also, and thistles it shall bring forth to thee. I don't know what he meant by that. (laughs) (laughs) It was a nice, it was a nice wee excerpt. We went biblical. Uh-huh. We went very biblical it's, today in our trad cat so, era. Trad wives. <laughs> we're in our girl defined era. We were because in our of girl this. interrupted era, and now we're in our girl defined era. <laughs> <laughs> so 
Because of this bit of the Bible, it is a popular belief that the thistle is a cursed plant and was a gift from the devil. So it's no much a stretch to see how it represents misanthropy. Tough and durable and defiant against aggressors, the thistle embodies qualities that Scott saw in their cells and the flower became the national emblem. There's a very well-known legend of a Viking warrior who stood on a thistle and his cry pain alerted sleeping Scottish clansmen just in time to hold back the Vikings' attack. There's also a chivalric order called the Order of the Thistle, which was founded by King James VII, which has a motto, Nemo me impune lasset. I don't know, it's Latin, so that might be wrong, but it means no one harms me without punishment, which evokes the prickly, aggressive nature of the plant. So the last thing that I want to talk about for something a wee bit more weird that you might know kind of about is the customs that surround spit in Scotland. I'm here for the the marketer and he's like in for the spit kink. Like Google search. <laughs> so human spit has always been believed to have contained healing and magical properties. It does. There's enzymes. It, <laughs> yeah, it does. It's very interesting that folk knew that before it was a thing. Because whenever I get a cut, I just immediately put it in my mouth because I got told that it's like good for me. But like, it's also, it's interesting that folk knew that before yeah. we knew. But to spit for luck is common. If a bargain was sealed, folk would like wet their thumbs with spit and then press them together. I think you see this in films quite a lot, like folk oh, pressing their thumbs together yeah, to like, do like a deal. Young ragtag team sort of, young rascals. Yeah, spitting in your palm to shake yeah, hands I, I to like sign a deal. Yeah. And, uh, the sign of the cross was made when spitting in the palm of the hand whilst chanting in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And then it was changed to the normal cross, mm. like across your head and chest. And it was also lucky to spit in the hair for your home before you left. Just a... And then you would take good luck throughout the day. In some areas, it was believed that a birthmark could be removed if a mother licked it for nine days. It doesn't say if it was nine days on the trot. Or if it was just like once every day for nine days. Oh, as in like, well, maybe it would be removed if she did it for nine days continuously because her tongue would become like sandpaper and just take the skin off. <laughs> like a cat. <laughs> <laughs> it was also believed that spit could reduce pain. And when corporal punishment was still legal, boys regularly spat on their hands before getting slapped with the taws. Fun fact... Oh. The taws were actually made in Logelli, which is like two minutes down the road for me, and you can still buy Logelli taws on eBay. Like, folk collect them. If someone tripped on entering a house, they had to kiss their thumb for good luck. So if you tripped through the door, you... and then it would, it would, it's kind of like throwing salt or sugar kind of thing. You've quickly got to do something. And if a child fell and hurt themselves, their parents might say, Laugh. come here and I'll kiss it better. <laughs> That's where it comes from. Come Does here it? and I'll kiss it better. That comes from saliva as curative properties. Fishermen and sailors also had their own custom today with spit, where they would spit on a coin and toss it overboard before setting out to sea. It was also lucky to spit on the first coin ever earned, whilst it was in the palm of the hand and then making the sign of the cross over it would avert evil spirits. Me millionth dollar. <laughs> so that would keep evil spirits away and would keep good luck in your new job. Good for them. Speaking of coins which are made of metal. That's a reach. That's a reach. Yeah, I know. We've yeah, done know. worse though. We've done worse. I know. We when... thought we'd speak we thought we'd speak on iron again, since we've mentioned it a million, million times. There isn't much more for us to add, but I did find some stuff whilst I was doing my research for this. Me too. So obviously, to refresh your memories, iron 
is typically used to ward off evil spirits. But I read in my Scottish Customs and Superstitions book that iron nails were hammered into trees to relieve toothache. I've heard of people ironing, uh, putting iron into trees. I can't remember why, but I never heard of it for that. I just heard of it for like good luck or something. That's I don't know I if it's just like the action of like hammering something forcefully into a tree might take your mind <laughs> off the fact that you've got bad to take. Take the hammer and turn it around and knock your tooth out. Like if it was if it was back in the day. Western medicine. Nice. Yeah. For me, personally, in general, when I was researching iron, I found it a really like neat thing I hadn't heard of before. So like in yielding times, I don't know what era exactly, it was not uncommon for children's like bedside table things to be made f- from iron frames and this was to stop fey folk from coming in and stealing the child in the middle of the night <gasps> which ties back in the yeah when you're talking about changing so i was like oh i am closing this episode <laughs> love I mean, that's it for Scottish Customs and Superstitions. I mean, we'll probably be back in 10 episodes to do this again because I would love any excuse to talk about the language of flowers again. Yeah. And obviously there's like the white rosy Scotland and stuff like that. But if you want to hear any Scottish customs or superstitions spoke about in our next episode, send them to your email, thecreepyweepodcast at gmail.com. You can send us a DM on Twitter or Instagram, Instagram at the Creepy Wee Podcast, Twitter at the Creepy Wee Pod, or you can submit a contact form on our website, thecreepyweepodcast.co.uk. Please rate and review five stars or nothing else. Subscribe, turn the wee bell on or whatever. We actually do here a YouTube channel if you're interested in getting your podcast via YouTube. I've uploaded all the episodes so gruelingly done by our host Acast. <laughs> club, no sleep, another club, another club, bus, another club. It was giving. Anyway, what are you waiting for? <gasps> what are you waiting for? <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.